Greetings. Welcome back to Sigfoot. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to have you back here with me. And I'm excited for today's episode. So, today's episode is going to be dedicated to our bi best friends. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, oh wow. Also, it is our 10th episode. It's crazy. I feel like we should have gotten there sooner, but I love taking breaks. But regardless, it is our 10th episode. So, you know, a round of applause for that. A round of applause for that. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, let's get started with the episode. So, today we're going to be talking about bi films. Um, we will also be talking about bi film history. And... In that sense, I guess we can get started with our film facts and whatnot. Um, so, for our film history segment, um, we have a, a bit. I keep saying that. We have a bit. So, our first is our first documented appearance of a bisexual character. That was in, it was really seen in two films um, that both came out in 1914 the first one is called A Florida Enchantment by Sidney Drew. And the second one, I'm going to butcher it because it's, it's German. I don't, I don't know. I can't even begin to fathom German, okay? But I'm going to say it's Zap, Zapatus Band. I tried. I tried. And that's all that matters. So those were the first two films that were kind of the first documented appearance of a bisexual character. Moving on, um, this is primarily during the Hayes Code, more so, I guess, more so targeted um, during the 1930s and 40s. But during the Hayes Code in America, there were virtually no bisexual characters um, or no bi characters, plot lines, stuff like that, that appeared in films during that time because it was you weren't allowed to um like clearly explicitly say like bisexuality or bisexual or you know show that again along the lines of not being able to show like homosexuality or talk about it in general during the Hays Code so that's something that happened as well there were I guess much less um, of bi characters than there are of like gay or lesbian coded characters during that time and this lack of representation it started to make people think that bisexual people just did not exist you know so if you want to know where that <laughs> that mentality comes from it, it primarily I guess comes from the 1930s and 40s where films just did not include bisexual characters really at all moving on um, in the 1968 film, The Fox, it was one of the earliest depictions of bisexuality in cinema, and it was one of the earliest depictions of bisexuality that kind of gave its bisexual character um, dignity, dramatic dignity, and kind of, you know, didn't treat it as a way of exploiting them or to benefit some sort of, like, male gaze. Um so yeah, I feel like I'm moving so fast through this, but whatever. And then in the 1982 film, Making Love, it was one of the first mainstream Hollywood films to openly depict and address a bisexual character, again, without vilification. So the Fox was one of the earliest to show a bisexual character um, with dramatic dignity and Making Love was one of the first, like, Hollywood films to do it. Um, again, without any sort of vilification or exploitation. And then, ending off our film history segment, 2017 was actually a very important year for bisexuality on screen. Um, there were probably more than I'm going to talk about, but there were a handful of really big especially blockbuster films that included bisexual characters. Um, so along the list is Rough Night, 
It had Zoe Kravitz as playing a bisexual character, which I kind of want to talk about. Not that movie, but Zoe Kravitz being bisexual characters um, later on in the episode. And then there was Atomic Blonde. Um, Thor Ragnarok was considered a bi film or bi coded film. And then the film Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. I have not heard of that, um, but it apparently included a bisexual character. And I feel like it's probably one of the more indie films out of these. But nonetheless, the 20, 2017 was a big year for bisexual character representation. So that's pretty cool. Um, going on to our coding and stereotypes. So in the... So one of the ways that bisexual characters in film have been coded or more so stereotyped is that there is one where bisexual characters are often portrayed as kind of like sex crazy or an object um, for the male gaze. That mostly comes from, I think, well, the object of the male gaze, I think, comes from um, women and women, women to women relationship. So like more lesbian relationships, but also from a bi character. So when those happen, it's usually hypersexualized for the male gaze. And then just kind of in general, bisexuals are seen as sex crazy. Um, I think you do definitely see that in a lot of films. Even today, there has not been a lot of progressive films that well I won't say that but I mean you know I think that it's so easy to stereotype bisexual people and characters still today um a lot less than what you would see for gay or lesbian characters or trans characters and so on um but yeah so that was a stereotype that they're seen as sex crazy or just kind of an object for the male gaze um this happened especially or it continues to happen especially in like exploitation films and b films or b movies which i think are like horror movies um so yeah and then the film basic instincts i feel like it came out what 1992 ish in the 1990s um it stars or it's about a woman that is i don't even remember she's murderous she's a femme fatale but she um, is also in a bisexual relationship. And that film in particular, but I guess just to show more of the more recent films that still kind of perpetuate this stereotype, um, she perpetuates the criminal homosexual slash the cold-blooded villain. Um, so like what we talked about last episode where a lot of gay characters or gay-coded characters show up as villains especially in a lot of classical films this would be kind of an exception to that rule um or not an exception it would be kind of like another case in which you see this stereotype come up um as it is not just primarily for gay characters it is also for bi characters gay characters or queer characters in general but also a big part of bi characters um in films that are also portrayed as these cold-blooded villains so and again that is one of the more recent examples just again to show that these stereotypes didn't kind of stay in classical hollywood or classical films um you can still see it in a lot of newer films so that is unfortunate and then the last stereotype is the bisexual betrayer um and that is essentially the trope that bisexual characters or bisexual people lack commitment and so in a lot of films that portray or include a bisexual character they are usually just kind of flopping around between relationships not really staying monogamous to a person and a lot of times it shows them kind of betraying um, their lovers, especially their gay lovers, to kind of show that, like, they're not faithful to their community, you know? So, 
that is something that comes up. It's also going to be in one of the films that we're talking about today. So I'll mention that and kind of talk about how you can really see it in that film. Um, and that's all I have for stereotypes. So going on to our last segment is our facts and tidbits. So the first one is, so going on to our facts and tidbits, our first one is Disney's new show. It is called The Owl House, and it is um, making history for Disney's first bisexual lead. Um, I don't know anything else about that. Uh, I just kind of ran into that knowledge, but it'd be interesting to see and to hear about. I know that Disney, Disney Channel, I know that Disney has included some characters that are gay. I know that in, I forget what, what the show was called. Um, something back. I don't know. But I know that in like one of their TV shows that they had on, I don't know if it's still on. I have no idea. But I think they had a character that was gay or a character that came out as gay. Um, so I'm not going to say that they're the most aggressive, but I'm going to say that they have made some or at least one progressive um, step forward. So it's nice that they're making another and including a bisexual character. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that comes about. Like I said, I don't know really anything else about the show. I don't know if it is, a, you know, male, female, what have you, lead. Um, so I don't know how they're going to analyze that. I also don't know how big or how important their sexuality is in the TV show. I also have no idea if it's out yet. So, but if it is, that'd be interesting to see. But if not, that is what is to come. And like I said, it's making history for being Disney's first by lead. The next one is not really um, in absolute relation to film history, but kind of in general for bisexuality as a whole and the recognition of bisexuality as a sexuality um, from the 1970s bisexuality as a like valid legitimate distinct sexuality started to gain visibility um in a lot of the literature academic and like activism spaces so i feel like you know history in general kind of helps to shape how film history works as well especially like I said with last episode with the AIDS HIV epidemic um it played a huge role in how images are portrayed back to people um and I think the same goes with this where like if you're watching films from um you know like 1970 up you'll probably see that Maybe there is just more validity to their sexuality, even if it's not the most perfect representation, or maybe you see people being more comfortable with recognizing it as it is. Um, and I just think that that's interesting too. And so lastly, for our last fact tidbit and for our last um, by film history fact in general, the actress Judith Anderson, she was allegedly bisexual um not a hundred percent confirmation on that but she became the first performer to receive an oscar nomination for a gay role this was in the film rebecca if you remember to last episode i briefly talked about rebecca um because it that film was one of the films that included the cold-blooded villain trope so she won an oscar nomination for this character that is um gay or gay coded but it wasn't necessarily a good role or it wasn't necessarily positive representation because it perpetuated the um the criminal homosexual trope you know but she was the first one to get the nomination nonetheless. Um, and I guess again, how it relates to 
bisexuality is she was allegedly bisexual. Um, again, there's no confirmation. I think I saw something that said that she was in a lesbian relationship. Um, and she also was married to two men. Um, not at the same time, but like throughout her lifetime. Um, but they weren't necessarily good relationships. But nonetheless, I think that that's pretty interesting to know at least the first gay role Oscar nomination. She did not win. She lost to, I can't remember. It was something else. Oh, she lost to the actress that played a woman. I don't know who. In the film adaptation of Grapes of Wrath. I'm like 98% sure. So, but yeah, that's all I have for our film history facts, tidbits, whatnot. Um, and without further ado, let's get on to the episode. So, I have a few things that I want to talk about. Um, I actually have, well, I actually have two TV shows. That's crazy. I don't know if I've had TV shows thus far. But we have two TV shows to talk about and a couple of movies. Um, I guess first I will talk about the most recent film that I watched, and that is Sunday Bloody Sunday. Um, it's on Prime, surprisingly. And this is the film that I wanted to talk about because I said that it um, includes the bisexual betrayer trope um, in the film. There is a man, his name is Bob. He is having a relationship with a woman. I forget what her name is. And he's having a relationship with a man. I also forget what his name is. Um, at the same time, they both, I think they both know of each other. Like they both know that they're having, they're both having a relationship with the same man and that he's dating them at the same time. Um, but the whole part of the movie or the whole premise of the movie is that you know they just love him so much and they love what they what he makes them feel so much that they kind of decide to stay with him despite knowing that he is in these relationships with other people but in the end and I don't know how much of a spoiler it is but he um like he wants to go to New York City to I think pursue like art um, and he's been wanting to do that throughout the entire film. But in the end, he kind of decides to actually go. And it's kind of that, I guess, aspect where he kind of leaves both of them to pursue this life in New York City, um, which kind of breaks their heart, which again kind of portrays the bisexual betrayer trope, but also the fact that he's kind of in this relationship with two other people. Um, I feel like, though... That trope, at least in this movie, is a bit outdated because, like, as I was watching it, especially since they know, like, since the other two people know of each other so much or they know of each other. And I think in the end, like, they literally know of each other. It's kind of confusing, though, <laughs> because it's like there's there's this family that has a bunch of kids that the woman agrees to like watch their kids for them and Bob comes along as well like he helps watch the kids with her for like half the time and like they know of her it seems like they're good family friends of her but they also seem like they're good family friends of Bob and I guess you can say um in the end they're all having like breakfast together like the family the woman and then the man that Bob is also in this relationship with he comes along and he's eating with them and then like they have a short conversation afterwards where they talk about Bob and they talk about their relationships with Bob blah 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 but it's like it's not as if they had just known each other it's kind of as if they had known each other like this entire time um so like that's confusing but I guess nonetheless the fact that like they know each other and the fact that they both are in a relationship with Bob and like know that, um, I feel like it's less of Bob lacking commitment, whereas like Bob is just in like a polyamorous relationship, you know? And again, I feel like 
maybe at the time, because this came out like 1971, I think, maybe at the time, you know, like I said, bisexuality and understanding and accepting it was so new. It's not even like, you know, like they're not even in that progressive state to know, recognize, or understand it as like polyamory. I think the only way that they could really understand it besides probably being like, oh, like that's a valid sexuality is seeing it as like the bisexual betrayer trope. Um, and I think now, since we have a much more expansive and more in-depth understanding of like sexuality and gender identity and stuff like that, um, we see that more as a polyamorous relationship, you know? Because again, it's not that he is just bouncing from relationship to relationship. He's in a committed relationship. He's just in a committed relationship with two people. And it's, again, not like he is cheating on them with each other because they both know that he's in this relationship with someone else. They both understand that. And they, um, they're they okay with that at the end of the day. You know, they decide to stay with him um, at the end of the day. So I feel like more so to that, it... It to me, it seemed more as a polyamorous relationship, um, and I didn't really take it as really a negative thing. Um, in the end, because of that, you know, it was just clear communication, and I feel like that is kind of what sets it apart from the trope, and it being maybe something else, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, but I also want to discuss, and this happens a lot. I think in bisexual films or TV shows, we're going to be talking about it in another one of these films and TV shows. Um, and it is kind of like, well, this is kind of more so clearly seen as bisexuality because you see Bob go through these two relationships. You see him in both relationship, um, but in less clear films or in films that, films or tv shows where it centralizes on like one relationship and then like might include another that is with you know a different other partner that could make it seem as bisexual if that makes sense I feel like I'm all over the place but you know if it's like if 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 a man if a tv show focuses on a lesbian relationship between two women and then you see a glimpse of this woman being with this man but then ultimately she goes back to an, this other woman or you know vice versa or whatever you could say like oh that that's kind of like bisexuality but it's harder to clearly define because so much of the focus is on this one relationship and in this film the focus is so clearly on these two relationships so that you can, there's kind of no need to interpret um, Bob's bisexuality. You kind of know it, um, but it's not explicitly addressed. And I feel like that is what happens a lot with bisexual characters or plot lines is that their sexuality is not explicitly addressed. Um, and that's not necessarily bad in any way. I just think it's interesting. And I want to keep that question going for the films that do not explicitly express it. So for the films that you might have to interpret um, the character's sexuality. Or you might have to interpret or be like, I think that that's bisexual. You know, I think that they're bisexual. I think that's a bisexual plot line. Um, in that aspect it is more so not needed in this film because it is more clear but I think in other films and tv shows especially some of the ones that we're going to be talking about later on um this question is going to come back up and I want to explore what effect it has on the audience and on bisexual representation as a whole um but that's kind of what I had for Sunday Bloody Sunday I think it was a pretty good film Regardless, it was kind of confusing in everybody's relationship with each other. Like, 
just how they knew each other and if they knew each other. Um, and there are also some aspects that were odd to be there, but nonetheless, <laughs> it was a pretty good film. Um, I enjoyed it when I watched. Um, so going on, I want to talk about a TV show, um, that I started. I have not finished, but I think I'm like halfway done. I don't know. I'll have to check back with it. I haven't watched it in a while, but I watched it a couple of weeks ago and it is called The Bisexual. It is on Hulu and it is about a woman who just got out of a like long-term committed relationship with another woman. Um, they both, I think, run like some sort of magazine together or whatever. And essentially her partner... At the beginning of the show, I think, wants to get married. She wants to move on to the next step because they've been together for, like, a long time. And she's kind of like, I don't I don't want that. Um, so they kind of take a break, end up breaking up. And then you follow her as she goes through various relationships slash situations of trying to get over her, her ex um, and just deal with all of the aftermath that comes with that. Um, and... It is actually, I think it's written, I don't know if it's directed by her, but it stars like the creator of the show who is also bisexual. Um, and surprisingly, she also, I think, wrote and directed um, The Miseducation of Cameron Post. I can't remember her name. I think it starts with an A, <laughs> but yes. Um, and in that show, again, I want to talk about what, we talked about um, in our lesbian episode with what Watermelon Woman and doo -doo 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 -doo, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is kind of like FUBU making it for you by you um, because this is a TV show about a bisexual woman starring a bisexual woman um, created by a bisexual woman. And so it probably more so shows the more realistic aspects of being bisexual and what it is like to have those relationships. Um, it is interesting though, again, that it kind of goes into that lack of commitment because she wants to get married, but, or her partner wants to get married, but she doesn't. Um, but again, I feel like in more nuanced situations and in more current films, it doesn't show up as something where it's like, I just can't decide. You know, it's not something where it goes down to their sexuality where it's like, I just can't decide if I want to be with a woman or if I want to be with a man, you know, not something where it's like, I don't know if I want to commit myself to this type of relationship more so as it is just her character being like, I don't know if I want to be married right now. I don't know if I want to take that step right now personally um you know and it seems like it doesn't have much to do with her sexuality as it does just what she wants in her relationship if that makes sense what I will say though about it is you see in the or you see throughout the tv show where the um, main character she so she gets out of this relationship, this long-term relationship with her partner, who's also a woman. So she gets out of this long-term lesbian relationship. And then as she is trying to heal and move on, she starts having this brief relationship with this man. Um, they go to like a bar, I think, and they run into her ex. Her ex is already with somebody um, her ex is in another lesbian relationship. I think her ex is like lesbian. I don't think she's bisexual either. Um, so it's kind of funny because she's, she's already in this relationship with this other woman, but she is so deeply hurt by the main character being in another relationship with a man. It is not less so that she is in another relationship. It is that she's in a relationship with a man and... And so she, I think it kind of shows 
the ways that like stigma against bisexual people and against bisexual characters um within the lgbtq plus community come out where you know they it's like this they are in one relationship and then they are kind of expected i feel like probably by everybody around them to be to stay in those kinds of relationships if that makes sense so it's like she's been in this long-term relationship this long-term lesbian relationship and it's like once she gets out of it it seems as though everybody around her especially her you know other fellow lesbian friends are kind of like well you were just in this long-term relationship so you should be committed to being in lesbian relationships you know so it's like it's it's interesting because it seems as though her ex is more so hurt by her pursuing a straight relationship than she is pursuing a relationship in general and that's why I feel like like the the stigma of kind of like bisexual people being the betrayers they are portraying their their sexuality they are portraying their especially like their gay lesbian relationships their same-sex relationships um they're kind of turning their back on their community in that aspect when they pursue a straight relationship and i feel like again it kind of is often perpetuated by people within their own community if that makes sense not next not necessarily that like bisexual people are like oh my gosh you're in a straight relationship like you're going against bisexuality like no but like where it seems as though whatever partner they're with once they go to a new partner especially if it's a different kind of relationship so if they go from a straight relationship to a gay relationship it seems like their exes feel as though they are obligated to stay in the lines of whatever their past relationship was i'm having such a hard time explaining it so hopefully it makes sense um but yeah in in that show her lesbian so her lesbian ex is more hurt by the fact that she moved on to a straight relationship rather than her moving on to another relationship in general that is still a lesbian relationship you know and it seems as though like she is she feels betrayed because she's betraying her 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 lesbian community by dating this straight man where it's like no i'm just bisexual you know i just this is literally just like not what I do, but it's like I'm attracted to both sexes. So I have it's it's in my very right to have a relationship with kind of like whoever I want to, even if it is a man or a woman. It has nothing to do with my solidarity to one sexuality. It is just the fact that my sexuality means that I'm I'm attracted to or capable of having a relationship with both sexes, if that makes sense, you know? So I thought that was something interesting because, you know, you see or you hear a lot of bisexual people talk about the stigma that they, the stigma around bisexuality um, in the world, but also within their own communities and how they're kind of seen as, again, the bisexual betrayer, somebody who betrays their their own kind of communities by pursuing these other relationships with, you know, different genders or sexes. Um, and you see an ask, you see you see that problem come up in the TV show, which I think is particularly interesting. And it kind of shows you the ways that again bisexuality is is still like stigmatized or the way that there are still like stereotypes or tropes around the bisexual person or the bisexual character um and 
again, since this TV show is created by a bisexual person, I feel like it doesn't portray that moment as inherently bad. I feel like it more so sheds light on that moment and the expectations on bisexual people, again, outside of their, outside of the LGBTQ plus community, but also within that community as well. And I thought that was pretty interesting to note. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say on it because, again, I haven't finished the TV show. Um, so I think that there are probably other aspects of the TV show or other aspects. Yeah, other aspects of the TV show that highlight different parts of kind of what it means to be bisexual um, and kind of the the trials and tribulations you face again within your own communities but in the world I guess in general um but that's kind of all I had for the tv show so far um I thought it was still also a good tv show you know I think that these are all good tv shows and good movies um but again you see how these different tropes or these different stereotypes kind of come up or you see how they manifest in real life or you see how people portrayed it at the times if that makes sense um so moving on to our third movie tv show whatever um it is the movie alex i think it's called strange love if i remember correctly um i think it's on netflix i'm pretty sure it's on netflix i think it might be like a netflix original but anyways um, you know, because we got to talk about, we got to talk about our queer youth. We always got to come back to our queer youth. Um, and in this case, this is a film about a teenage boy. He is in, again, a long-term relationship with a girl. Um, they love each other, whatnot. And I think he goes to like a party and then he meets this one guy and then he starts to feel feelings for him. And then the process, he's like, oh my gosh, like, am I gay? You know, what's going on? What are these feelings? Um, and I think in the end, he comes out as bisexual. So I wanted to talk about it for a variety of reasons. Um, again, I want to talk about it for queer youth, for queer youth representation. I think that a lot of the films that we talk about that explore what it means to be coming of age or to be a teenager, to be a kid and coming into your sexuality. I think they all do a really good job of showing um, the exploration of that, but also coming to understand yourself and coming to understand it in general. And they all kind of show their own parts within I don't want to say the spectrum of like coming out. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like, like Pariah. Pariah came out and she came out to a family that was not inclusive. They were not supportive. Um, and in that regard, they're very much like toxic and harmful for her and her sexuality exploration stuff like that that is on one one side of the scale then you have like love simon love simon at least we'll say to his family his friends are another story but i guess in general his friends are accepting of his sexuality but also they were so whatever but like we'll say in his family's regard he was very much accepted kind of with full arms is that the same? <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so, again, like, that's on the other side of the, um, scale, spectrum, whatever, where Pariah was not accepted, he was accepted, and I feel like, if I remember correctly, Alex Strangelove, um, I know that there was, like, a dispute between him and his girlfriend at the time, and I don't remember if he came out to his parents but I feel like his kind of fell in the middle where 
I think she did kind of accept him at the end. Um, but they weren't, they didn't stay together. I think they broke up, but she still was like, you know, I have a lot of love for you and I hope that you're happy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there was that initial part where she was just so heartbroken at the fact of finding it out. She might not have been the most supportive. And so again, these films, they tackle queer youth and what it is like to come into your sexuality to find yourself out but also I feel like they do a good job of showing the different um different plot points I guess of like coming out scenarios where you see one where you know again thankfully Pariah wasn't extremely violent it didn't end in her being what kicked out I think she left on her own um, but it also didn't end in any sort of like really serious violence. She wasn't hurt or killed, thank God. But it kind of shows, I guess, the more harmful effects of coming out to a non-inclusive community or family um, and vice versa throughout the other films. So I feel like that was interesting. Also with Alex Strangelove, what I think is different from the other two films that talk about queer youth, again, Pariah and Love, Simon, is those films, their characters seem to already know that they are gay. Their characters seem to already know um, and come to terms with themselves. It is just a matter of coming out to their loved ones. And in this film, you literally see him start out as being this happy, straight kid you know happy straight kid he's in a relationship with a girl he loves her very much blah 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 um and you see that progression where he starts to figure himself out he starts to find out that you know there's this guy and I'm actually really attracted to him um I'm starting to form feelings for him oh my gosh I think I might not be entirely straight what is this am I gay do I love my girlfriend yes I do so what does this mean blah 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 um and again, I like how it shows that progression and it shows, um, I, I don't know, maybe a more realistic portrayal of what it is like to find yourself while being a teenager and while being in high school um, and kind of what it looks like, again, for a bisexual character. Um, I think, again, like with the bisexual, there is also a point where especially with a girlfriend, especially when he's telling her about him liking another guy, there is kind of the opposite effect of being committed to a sexuality. Because, I mean, she's kind of, I guess, hurt because she's finding out that this guy that she has been in a relationship for so long, this guy that she is in love with, um, is starting to have feelings for somebody else that is not her in general, but is also um another guy but I think again it kind of shows this um I don't want to say harassment but kind of like the pestering <laughs> of like bisexual people to kind of be committed to a sexuality and so in the bisexual case um she's kind of like I don't know how you how what you would call it like coarse. I don't want to say coarse. All of this sounds so like harmful and extreme, but like she's just kind of like pestered into being like, well, maybe you should stay committed to like lesbian lesbianism. You know, you veering off with this man. This seems more deviant. Like you just seem like you're not you're not committed to a cause. You've been in this relationship with this woman for this long time, so you can't be attracted to men anymore. You need to just stay with bisexual relationships, or you need to stay with lesbian relationships and lesbian, um, yeah, in a lesbian relationship. And it's kind of the opposite with this film because it's like you have been in this straight relationship for so long. This just has to seem like, you know, this just doesn't make sense. These are not real feelings. You just need to stay committed to a straight relationship. You know, if you're not going to be with her, you need to be with another girl, not with this man or not with this guy. Um, 
And I think, again, it just shows kind of like the opposite effect of the, um, maybe the messages that a lot of bisexual people face when they go from, or just coming to terms with their bisexuality, or when they transition from one relationship to another relationship that are, you know, different in that regard. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have for that one as well. Um, so I guess, like, the last two films that I want to talk about, they, I'm kind of talking about them together, like, jointly, because they are, like I said, um, at the beginning of this episode, they're less overt about their portrayal of a bisexual character I think that you can you can definitely make those connections it's not like it's like really coded or anything the parts where they deviate from the focus of the the plot or like they're most focused on relationship is like the part that might it's like the parts where they deviate from like the focus of the um plot or like the focus of their relationship is kind of what makes it feel overall bisexual if that makes sense um so the first one is high fidelity which r.i.p high fidelity so sad i'm so hurt about that first of all let's talk about that first of all i'm so hurt about it um i really enjoyed the show I had some, I had some thoughts, I had some opinions, and I had some critiques on it, but overall, I really enjoyed the TV show. I love Zoe Kravitz. I love Zoe Kravitz so much. Um, and so I was really looking forward to the next season, and it got canceled from Hulu, which, like, I'm not going to say that that's what everybody made it seem. I'm just going to say that I hope, I kind of hope that it's going to get picked up again somewhere along the lines. I don't know. You know, it would be a great Netflix TV show. I feel like Hulu and Netflix, their TV shows, um, they have similar vibes, similar audiences. So... I don't know. Regardless, I'm sad that it got canceled, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, so in High Fidelity, High Fidelity season mostly focused on Rob, the main character, and her trying to get over um, her most recent ex. I forgot what his name is. I feel like it starts with a D. I don't remember. And he's a man. They were in a straight relationship. Um, but throughout the TV sh or throughout the season, she talks about like her five, her five biggest heartbreaks. And, you know, she talks about those relationships um, and eventually leads to this one. So, but in, um, as she goes through the list of her five heartbreaks, she has one ex that is a woman. And Throughout the short time that they show her going through that relationship, it doesn't make it seem like it was kind of just like a hookup. It made it seem like it was an actual relationship. She was actually in love with her. Um, you know, it treats it as a very valid relationship. But again, since it is not the focus of the TV show and in the way that they went about talking about these relationships, they all kind of seem short-lived to some degree. Even if um, she says that, like, it was a long relationship or whatever. And, again, the focus is so minimal on all of these relationships that when that happens, especially with it being the only female or the only, like, lesbian relationship, um, I think you're kind of left being like, hmm, so wait, what was that about, you know? And so for a while, I, I kind of just forgot that that happened, forgot that this was kind of like a bisexual character and it centered around a bisexual character, especially because, again, there's that one part um, where they talk about their relationship. There's another part where they kind of meet up 
but she's like she's not focused on really her as much she's again more so focused on her ex or this new relationship with this one guy and so it's just kind of like it's not it's just never focused on I feel like enough to really concretely confirm that it is explicitly bisexual if that makes sense um yeah so like I kind of I kind of not that I would consider it to be but I think that it is kind of in the category of like a brief buy encounter um it's not one of those kind of like for the male gaze things where it's just the straight girl and she kisses her best friend or she makes up with a girl at a bar or something like that you know where it kind of serves no purpose and doesn't really add validity to the character's bisexuality or bisexuality as a whole. It is just, again, kind of used to use for male gaze. You know, it's not one of those cases, but I feel like it is, again, it's it's not like the other um, films and TV shows we talked about where it is a bigger focus or the main focus of the plot or the tv show or really the character at all um and the other film that kind of touches upon that is the film the half of it it's also on netflix or it is on netflix um so i know i really enjoyed that movie i thought it was great um and it's it's interesting because it's one of those it's i feel like at least to me it is one of those films that you kind of get wrapped up in one plot line that like you forget like, oh, this character is bisexual. Um, because in the film, it is about this girl, Ellie Chu, who helps this one guy um, like write love letters or, you know, helps him try and get in this relationship with this popular girl i forget what her name is f something i forget what her name is ah anyways you know and and she's trying to help him get with her but she also likes her as well um and i guess spoiler in the end she finds out that ellie chu has been helping him slash writing all the love notes, text messages, whatnot, back and forth, um, on the guy's behalf, but, you know, it's, it's actually been her, and right before Ellie goes off to college, they kind of meet, discuss, she's like, why'd you do that, she's like, blah, 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 um, and then they kiss, and that's kind of really it, but, it's one of those things where, again, you kind of get so wrapped up in the fact that Ellie, too, um, likes her and is doing this to be with her. So in the end, when they kind of do end up together, you're happy about that kind of coming full circle. And I feel like you often forget that she was kind of briefly seeing um, the other guy. And she did also kiss the other guy, which again, you're like, you know, Ellie's been doing that to get with her. She kind of got what she wanted. It's like you see this underlying plot of her indirectly talking to the girl that they're kind of both going for as Ellie. You see her having this conversation with her. Um, and you see them connecting, even though it's through the guise of the the other guy, you kind of see them connecting. And so that's where your heart kind of lies. And that's kind of where the plot line focuses on. So that eventually when it happens, it you I think at least I saw it more so of like, yay, these two girls got together, like, you know, hail lesbians. Um, but you don't necessarily see her in relationship with the guy if that makes sense especially because Ellie Chu is the main character in this film so you kind of see that beeline to this other girl 
um, is kind of the main focus of the relationship or the main focus of the plot line in general. But I think if you step back and you look and you realize you're like, oh, this is one, a story about a lesbian character, but this also includes two, a bisexual character because you know, half the time or, you know, throughout most of the film, she is talking to slash dating, um, guys. She's talking to this guy, but she's also dating a guy. (laughs) And, you know, essentially when both of those kind of blow up, um, not that this is a reaction to those relationships ending, but kind of when those relationships take a backseat are no longer important, then you see this lesbian relationship um, happen and flourish and whatnot. And again, I think a lot of people, they forget about the fact that she was dating a guy and was talking to another guy, um, which I can kind of understand because she doesn't seem very interested in both, especially her boyfriend. She seems as though she's only with her boyfriend for popularity's sake, but also kind of like just to give her like a pass through life. Um, she doesn't seem like she has really ever cared for him or has really ever loved him or loves him in general, which again, I feel like makes it so much easier to believe less in her bisexuality and more in just this lesbian relationship, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, but also since that they only share this kiss and it's kind of like in this fleeting moment, I think a lot of people could, I mean, I don't know. I don't see how one could do this, but I think, you know, maybe a lot of people could see it again as another brief by encounter where it's like, you just had this feelings for this one girl in that one moment. Um, and less of like, you know, you were like a bisexual person or she's a bisexual character in general. Um, but I think that it's also interesting to think about because the more that you look into it and the more that you think about it again, um, you see that I want to say her name is Florence, but I know it's not like, I keep thinking that in my mind, but I want to say her name is Florence, but I know it's not. Is that her last name? I have no idea. Um, but whatever the girl, the girl that everybody wants, the popular girl, whatever. Um, yeah, the more that you, I think you sit and think about it, the more that you realize like, oh, she is a bisexual character. This movie can also show, um, also has or shows a bisexual character in the midst of a lot of different sexuality storylines and plot lines. Um, but I guess amongst this mostly gay lesbian, um, story or relationship. So... Yeah, I think High Fidelity and the half of it, again, they show, I guess, in comparison with the other three films and TV shows we talked about, less overt um, stories about bisexual characters or bisexual characters. Um, Because, again, their bisexuality in and of itself is not the main focus of the storyline. And that's kind of where the not not explicitly addressing it kind of comes into play where a lot of people could be like, oh, since it wasn't a main focus of the storyline, um, I didn't think that they were bisexual at all or I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't catch up on that. Um, but a lot of other people could be like, oh, you know, even though it wasn't explicitly told in their storyline, um, I caught up on it and I like how this less overt way of talking about or centering a story on a bisexual character or bisexuality is done or brought up, if that makes sense, you know? So it's like, I think it, it it's not necessarily bad. I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that High Fidelity and the half of it um, talked about or showcased by characters or bisexuality. I think it's just another way where they show characters where it's not a central plot line of the story or of the film, um, but it still includes it nonetheless, you know? It doesn't have to be something where they say, like, that is a bisexual person in the film or in the story um, for you to know it, or 
not that their bisexuality is not important, but again, it is not the only personality trait of that character in general, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what I have for this episode. This is, I guess, one of the shorter episodes. Um, not because of anything, I guess. It's just, I feel like maybe I was more concise with my thoughts. Um, but for other films that talk about or addressed bisexuality that I would maybe recommend, um, the first one is Princess Sid. I watched that movie. I just, I wanted to talk about it, but I knew I needed to rewatch it and I just didn't have the time to rewatch it. Um, I guess in time for this episode at least, but I know that that kind of talks about bisexuality um, and it's more so, I don't remember, it's more so in the case maybe Alex Strangelove I think where the girl is in a relationship with a guy and she meets another girl and starts to have feelings for her, I don't really remember, um, but yeah, that is a film that has a bisexual character, I think she is a bi lead um, and it's also on Netflix and another one I started <laughs> another one that I started yesterday I didn't get to finish either it's called theorem or theorem I don't know I think it's a French film um from either the 1960s like late 1960s I think or like early 1970s and that film is interesting it's kind of weird it's kind of weird for being honest. Um, it is about a man, a strange man that comes into like this family's house. I forget exactly what his relationship to them is, but he is welcome to this family's home. And essentially it is about the fact that he like seduces everybody in the family and then he leaves and then they're all like, they're all in distress because of it. Very interesting. Um, watching it is a more interesting experience, but yeah, that is a bi film that is on the Criterion channel. So if you want to watch that, you have the Criterion channel, you can, um, again, you could watch Basic Instinct. I know that's a popular film. It's a big popular film, um, to, I guess, again, see maybe the more harmful effects of bisexual representation um so yeah and that's kind of all I have for this episode so I guess it's time for my closing remarks um so what do I say is my closing remarks one if you if you're just watching this one episode and you have not seen the rest of the episodes in this series um, I highly recommend you watch the other ones. They all kind of relate back to each other. Like I said, especially in this episode, I, I reference, that's the word. I reference a lot of themes or TV shows and movies that we talked about in our earlier episodes, like with our lesbian or gay episodes. Um, but also if you want to know more about why I'm doing this Pride series in general, but to also understand more about what the series entails you should definitely watch our introductory episode as well and all of our other episodes for this podcast while you're at it um um if you are watching this on youtube i highly recommend you subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the episodes to come so you can watch the episodes to come um but also maybe any like behind the scenes or extra content that I might put up in the future. If you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what people do to save podcasts. I think you subscribe if like you're on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. But like subscribe to this podcast in podcast form, whatever that that entails, um, so that you can also be refreshed on new episodes. If you want to be in the know also receive extra content relating to this podcast in general i have an instagram for the podcast it is at sickflick.pod um so yeah i put out posts whenever there's a new episode also i put out posts you know asking for opinions 
relaying facts like right now for the pride series we are putting out posts where um we discuss some of the facts that we talked about in the latest episodes just get some bite-sized tidbits on some of the facts that we discuss in these episodes um but yeah also any extra content stuff like that besides that i think that's all i have to say i think that's all i have to say um so i'm happy that we got this little episode in sorry if it is shorter than expected or shorter than you would want it to be i just think that maybe i was more concise with my thoughts this episode um but nonetheless i'm excited to be back and to have this episode for this vr 10th episode and i'm excited to finish out this series so far we only have two more episodes after this which is crazy um but yes i look forward to that look forward to talking to you guys next week so with that being said peace out girl scout